You are listening to the Good Shepherd Church Owensboro podcast. For more information, visit goodshepherdchurch.cc. Real quickly, before we play our announcements, let's, uh, Latricia has a word that she wants to share with the church. So, I felt this for a long time, like about a, three weeks, and was just waiting on the Holy Spirit to say if it was time to share. Um, we were in that song this morning, God of Revival. <clears throat> The Lord has allowed me to see revival in a lot of phases in my life. One in a real small church, three weeks long, over 120 people saved. In a little, little church, over 120 people saved. Three solid weeks, I saw that revival. Another uh, connected with a, a church in this city and one in Henderson, a two-year revival where an evangelist kept coming back over and over and over, and multitudes of people were changed, saved, delivered, healed. Uh, not tooting my own horn, I'm just trying to preface what I'm fixing to say with I've seen this. I've been on the mission field in Guatemala and Peru and Mexico, and I've seen revival. And what I feel like the Lord has been telling me over the last three weeks is that we're on the edge, church. We are on the edge of something precious and beautiful and wonderful, and something can awaken the city. And it is a move of God. And we are on the edge as a church. And so what I feel like the Holy Spirit asked me to say to you individually is get in. Get in. It's time to not be on the, burn, the back burner or to be undecided any longer. It's time, as the card players have said, I'm all in. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit would say. We're on the edge of a real move of God, and it's time for every one of us to get in. Old and young and in between, children can be powerfully moved by the Lord. Teenagers are powerfully moved by the Lord. I've seen it in camps. 20 years of being a camp director, I saw revival in camps. I'm standing here today not tooting my horn, but telling you that I've seen these things, and we are on the edge. And Jesus, right now, my heart is bursting with excitement for what you want to do, Lord, in this body of believers and in this city, Lord, and in a kingdom movement, Lord God, that's beyond the assemblies of God, that's beyond this church, Good Shepherd, that's beyond our experiences from the past. God, what you're wanting to do is to bring a fresh wave, a fresh revival, Lord, that will awaken us individually. Lord, and I pray that each one will draw a circle around themselves and say, God, start revival in me. And that each one will say, I am all in. I am all in. No more holding back. No more reserve. In Jesus' name, I call it in. I call it forth. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many say, say I receive that for this house? Come on, Jesus. Part of me, bring my computer and my Bible and my glasses, please and the water, and everything else. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Water, Let me go. 
Will you fill that up for me? I'm just trying to make him the greatest in the kingdom, right? Praise the Lord. Come on, isn't the Lord good? Um, I believe... Uh, my goodness. Oh... Let's pray. Jesus, we need your presence. We need your spirit. And Lord, we need your word more than anything. And God, we ask for your power. We ask for confirmation. We thank you, Lord, for confirmation of the word this morning. From Latricia, Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in this house. It's not man-made. But Lord, it's by your spirit, Lord. It's not by might nor by our strength, but it's by your spirit, God. So, Father, we thank you for that you are making a way in this house, Lord, for your glory and for your name to be glorified in this city, Lord. We just honor you, Jesus. Lord, I just say have your way the rest of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I got a sermon I could preach. <laughs> hmm. You know, I'm just going to take this time to just talk to you. You know, Good Shepherd Church, family. You know, the church is supposed to be a family, right? The Sunday morning service is not supposed to be centered around the guest. Some of you are thinking, well, that doesn't sound very friendly. I'm saying that the church, that the pastor's job is to equip the people of the church. It's the pastor's job in Ephesians 5 to equip the saints. And I want to speak to our house this morning. I want to speak to this church. If you call this church home, if this is your potential church home, I just want to, I want to just let you in on some things the Lord is doing and something the Lord is doing in the spirit and in my heart. Oh, my Lord. Did you notice something Latricia just shared? She said that what happens when revival happens, she says people are changed. Most of those people, thank you, son. Most of those people that get changed in revivals are believers. Did you hear me? Isn't that right, Latricia? It's people who might walk in the, or be able to fulfill the scripture that we don't want to fulfill. When Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out, he says. When revival happens, not only will the lost, completely lost, be saved, but what happens is believers start to get set ablaze. And that's what I'm beginning to feel and even see in this room, even from our platform, even from our leadership, is that God is beginning to set, have revival in our leadership. God is beginning to have revival on people in this house. People that I've never seen get excited about the Lord are starting to get excited about the Lord. And that's what begins to happen when, when God... I believe that the Lord... I, I preached um, a couple years ago about how if you get the house in order, that they would get the temple in order, that they would break down, that they would tear down altars, that the king of glory would come in, that the, the king would come. And I believe that what God is wanting to do in churches, and in any church really that's lifting up His name, that He is trying, and what we're trying to do here is set up a, a healthy foundation. Yeah. And once we can bring a healthy foundation to this house that actually looks like discipleship, that actually looks like accountability, that actually looks like family, then God says, that's where I want to go. 
Because if I bring a lot of people, because we both know it as well, as Damon Thompson said, that he's been through a lot of revivals where they went for two years and all of this stuff and the church grew by 2,000 and now to this day some of them churches don't exist. It's because you have to be careful with revival because when we just have revival, we make it all about a service and we don't make it about discipleship, it'll die out. This isn't the stuff most people like to hear. In the charismatic church, we love a good Holy Ghost service. But when it comes to actually making disciples, we fall short. But not anymore. Not anymore. How many of you know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus? Let me give you a little breakthrough, right? It's two things. It means that you are a student and a teacher. I want to ask you right now, who is your teacher? Hopefully it's me. Maybe. (laughs) Are you allowing someone to actually teach you how to grow in your faith? Are you getting offended when it gets personal? And then two, to be a disciple, you have to be a teacher. You have to be raising someone else up. That's what it means to be a disciple. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I believe as we get down to what God truly wants. You know what God wants? He wants healthy families in the church. He doesn't just want awesome services. Where he can show up. He loves to do that stuff. During worship this morning, I felt like the Holy Spirit. That he was encountering people in the way that people needed to encounter him. And I think it's hard sometimes as leadership, as pastors, even worship leaders, we see someone who doesn't seem like they're having any emotion and we get offended. But we don't understand that God is encountering people in ways that they need to be encountered. That some people are here for their first time today and they don't know what to do. (laughs) And I saw the Holy Spirit going around and some people who are dancing and are shouting that the Holy Spirit is dancing with them and He's shouting with them and He's celebrating with them. And I saw some people who are crying and they're weeping and the Holy Spirit was on the ground and He's there and He's crying and He's weeping and He's comforting. And He's just giving a hug. Some of you just needed a hug from the Holy Ghost this morning. He just wraps his arm around you. And some of you are ready to party with him this morning. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? How he's omnipresent. How he's everywhere at once. And he can be exactly what you need and exactly what I need in two completely different seasons. All at once. I tell you something the Lord has been showing me about our church. He said, you know, Michael, once you get things in order, some of you are saying, well, why, are we, why do you care so much about the assimilation and our culture class and our, our, the way we get on the dream team and how you become members or our qualifications and all this stuff is because we believe in healthy leadership. We believe in healthy ministries. We don't just want people to work in the nursery and not be discipled. We don't just want you to work on the security team and not be discipled. <laughs> Because one day me and Pastor Daryl are going to answer for the Lord and he's going to be able to say, did you equip them? Did you disciple them? And I believe once we change our hearts to say, you know what? What part do I play in this revival? God, change me like you said. Draw a circle around yourself. Change me and give me, let me take on the responsibility of actually making disciples. Those of you who are weak, the Bible says, or strong, excuse me, you to tend to the weak. Right? 
I was praying this past week and I was with a young man who's been visiting our church and the Lord was speaking to me about a few things. I was praying about Owensboro, Kentucky. And I was praying about our, our dynamic of our city. And I was praying about like what kind of city we live in, right? How many of you know we're in a very, I would say, quote unquote, religious city? And that's not a good thing. There's a difference between being religious and having a relationship with the Son of God. There's a big difference. When you have a relationship with Him, your life is transformed. It's changed. You look different. You talk different. Did somebody hear me? You speak differently. You don't talk down to people like you used to. You're not as harsh as you used to be. And our town is very religious. And our town has a lot of things. I was talking to someone this past week and it hit me. And I was talking to a young man. He said, I like coming to your church. He said, all these churches, they're doing all these other things around the world and all this stuff. He said, but I need help. He said, I need help. I'm a new, basically, I'm trying to get this stuff together. I'm trying to live for Christ. Where is the church that's helping me? <laughs> and not just having services. <laughs> and having events. And being attractional. And trying to draw a crowd. But where is the church? And little did he know, he was saying, where is the church that's making disciples? Where is the church that's going to father me? It's going to help teach me how to be a dad and how to be a husband. Where's the church that's going to help my, my wife to be this way? Where's the church that's going to help me how to be a parent who's going to show me how to live this life and not just live the religious life? Church, tithe, cook the grill at an event. I'm not singling anybody out. <laughs> Where's the church? You say, where is the church that's actually going to help me come? You know what discipleship looks like, church? And I could teach this a lot better than this today, but I'm just sharing with you. It looks like taking the baby Christian, the immature believer, and taking them to the mature believer. Did you hear me? That's discipleship in a nutshell. And the problem is we have a lot of people who maybe are even older in age who are still immature believers. And that, listen to me, older people, I'm not saying this is you, and I'm not saying that you're immature. I'm saying that you can be elderly and not be mature spiritually. You can, how many of you know that you can be mature in a lot of areas, but not spiritually? It doesn't mean you're immature. It just means that the church has failed at taking new believer to mature believer. God moves in power, and I believe He's going to because we're beginning to lay the foundation. We're beginning to put the things in the right places, and we're, it's creating a healthy structure. With healthy leadership. And God, God wants to move on those things. He wants to. He wants to come and blow the doors off. But if we're going to not be like the Brownsville revival that went on for years. And then the pastor left. And then the church is down to nothing almost. To this day. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying anything bad about anyone. But I don't want that. I don't want God to move and come and blow through here and we have a party and then nobody gets discipled and nobody actually changes truly. And then 10 years down the road, it's back to where it was. You see what I'm saying? We have to be proactive about these thoughts. We have to be proactive about how this is actually going to happen because I believe it is going to happen. Because I believe when I, Pastor John Morris, I was sitting back there where my mom is sitting, and Pastor John Morris announced that he was going to resign from this church. I prayed and I said, God, I want to leave as well. What do you want me to do? He said, I want you to stay because I'm going to move mightily in this house. Did you hear what I said? That's why I'm here. I'm just telling you right now, I'm here because of the word of the Lord. And I'll, I'll tell you a little part he didn't tell me. He didn't say I was going to use you, Michael. He just told me to stay. 
And then I remember Pastor John saying, we're going to see this place full. And we're going to see this place full with young people. And I remember thinking, well, how am I going to help that by leaving? I had to get outside of myself and find a church that I think needed some of the things that I could give instead of a church that has everything for me. Christianity is supposed to be a dinner and a table that you bring a dish to. Not one that you show up and eat from. Did you hear me? (laughs) I love the truth. Because if we get a hold of the truth, church, it will set you free. It will set you free from what? From different thoughts that aren't actually heavenly thoughts. And so we have to figure out, and this is what's been burning on my heart, and I told the board, and I was talking to this young man this past week, and I started thinking about Owensboro, and I said, man, what is Owensboro? And the Lord spoke to me and said, Owensboro is a whole city of prodigals. Did you hear me? What does that mean, Pastor? It means people who were probably raised in church, been to church, they got a Christian grandma, they got a Christian grandpa, they got a Christian uncle, they've heard the gospel, but they're not serving Jesus. This whole city, this whole region, the Bible Belt is full of prodigals because the church has failed in discipleship. It's because a lot of us, we just just taught our kids how to be religious and that hell's a real place, boy! And they believe it, but they're not changed. I believed hell was a real place. I didn't want to talk about it. No. I'd be high as a kite, and my friends would randomly start talking about Jesus. And I'm like, man, what are y'all doing? It's the worst thing I want to talk about right now. They say, well, you're a Christian, right? I said, yeah, I believe in Jesus, the Son of God. I believe He died for our sins. I believe all that. But the Bible says the demons believe and tremble. There's more than just believing. In the book of James and 1 John, it says that you'll know by your works. Your actions will prove your faith. Right? And I start to realize that this whole city is full of prodigals. Raise your hand right now if there's someone in your family that's a prodigal who's not in church, not serving Jesus, but they've heard the gospel. They know about who he is. Raise your hand real, real high. Real high. Do you see that? What if we started to set our hearts and our affections to prayer into heaven that God would begin to bring the prodigals home in our families? This whole town. We used to knock on doors in this town and we'd knock on doors and invite people to church. You know what 98% of them said? Oh, I'm a, I'm a believer. Boy, you better believe it. You know what one of my favorite things they always say? I've read the Bible. I've read it front and back when I was in jail. And I say, oh, that's cool. What was your favorite part? Uh, uh. My favorite thing is ask me, oh, you go to church? Where do you, where do you go to church? Um, it's that one church. Over there, you know, you don't go to church. But everyone in this whole area thinks that they're Christians. Oh, and most people in the church actually might think that they're Christians. But going to church doesn't make us Christians. The word Christian means little Christ. It means we're Christ-like. Where did we ever get away thinking that we could come to Jesus and stay the same? The Bible says that he was beaten unrecognizable. As we celebrate his resurrection, let us not forget his crucifixion. He was unrecognizable. I love it when people ask me questions. 
well, should I listen to these bad movies or should I watch these bad movies or should I listen to this music? And I say, well, to me, if you want my honest answer, it seems like you're using things that Jesus had flesh ripped off his body as entertainment. Was it really that bad? I believe it is. If Jesus was sitting down beside you, would you watch that show? Would you talk that way? Would you listen to that song? Some of y'all are saying, well, that sounds crazy. Well, it's the truth. Where is he? He's supposed to be in you, right? We have to see discipleship rise up in the house. I got really confronted this past week with a a church in um, Florida. They have 1,500 people, and they have, it's not about that many people. They started with 75 people, okay? And guess how many small groups they have going on in their church? Somebody take a guess. Ten? Try a hundred. Right? Isn't that incredible? And I can, the more I look at Jesus' life, let me tell you something. You know what I see how he made disciples? Shouldn't he be our person we look at to do whatever we want to do in the church? Uh, T.D. Jake says it best. He said, I'm afraid that if Jesus came back today, 90% of what we call church, we'd have to teach Jesus about. Because the idea that I have to take an offering, preach a three-point sermon in a certain way because of my homiletics class and my hermeneutics class taught me to do that, and then we get to go home at a certain time, has never been in the gospel. Her name's Katia Adam. She says something awesome. She said, our message is the thing that's offensive, not our manner. And that's what has created a bunch of prodigals in this town. It's because we've preached an offensive message. Because the gospel is offensive. You know that, right? If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. That's offensive. I understand. But how many of you know if you do marriage stuff, it's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. I've had, I've had very cordial conversations with Muslims where we simply have a wonderful conversation that one of us is going to hell. Not that that was the whole goal of the conversation, but just, just to talk and just say, hey, you know, neither one of us could both be right. Right? It's something to think about. What if you're wrong? But how many believers in this room know that you're not wrong? That Jesus is the Lord? That he is the Savior. That you will be with him eternally forever. Isn't that amazing? They sing a song about it called Blessed Assurance. Right? You need to know that you know that you know. That you're born again. Right? And so I was praying and thinking, man. And I was talking to this church and I was just asking her like, and she, she hit me with something really tough. I'm just going to tell you. She said, really, if you're not actually, because Jesus said that you can tell they're my disciples. How? By the way they love one another. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, it said they devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. It never says they devoted themselves to church attendance and tithing. They devoted themselves. They were completely devoted to the teaching of the Word of God, to praying, to fellowship, the word fellowship means koinonia. It means intimate relationships. It doesn't mean a once a month breakfast where nobody comes in and actually leaves any different. It means intimacy. 
It means, like the book of James says, confess your sin one to another and pray that you might be healed. I don't know if that was a suggestion. Who are we confessing our sin to? Men in this house, who are you confessing sin to and asking to pray for you? It's just not to shame anyone. It's just a reality this morning of what will bring about revival. What will actually bring about these things is when we start to actually care about what He cares about. And He doesn't just care about cool services where He can show off. How many of you know He's God and He doesn't need any attention? He doesn't need you to pay attention to Him. He doesn't need you to glorify Him. He's full of glory. He's never changing. But what He wants and desires is for His children to grow. Like Steve Sampson said, some people grow like weeds and some people don't grow at all. And this is what happens. Somebody say, not me. Not me. If you're new in Christ, you're a new believer in Christ, get the new believer's book, get in a small group and get going. If you're an older believer in Christ and you've never done a book like that, I'm telling you, listen. There's a biblical foundation book that I'm thinking about giving to the whole church. Somebody say amen. Ooh, come on somebody. That sounded good. I'm ready for that. Have you ever sat down and actually done an actual Bible study and a biblical foundation Bible study where you opened your own Bible and you searched the scriptures and you answered questions? You don't have to raise your hand. Think about that. And we're, we're wondering why we have such hard times through struggles in life because our Sunday service isn't available. Our pastor didn't answer. I couldn't tell you how many times people call me in an emergency and really it's they just need to hear from God. They don't actually need to hear from me. They actually need to believe something in the Bible that's already there. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> One of my favorite things, some of y'all have been on the other end of this. People say, will you pray for me? I say, no. I think, what kind of church is this? And it just depends on what's it about. If anything, I'm going to pray that you're going to believe what God has said. Well, I just feel like my job's falling apart and I'm just so scared something's going to happen and, I'm, and then all of our life's just going to fall apart. And I say, listen, I, I can pray for you all day, but until you start believing that He is Jehovah Jireh, nothing's going to change. Do you see what I'm saying? Until you get some of the Word of God in you and you begin to feast and eat on the Word for yourself, then you will start to see that you might not need to reach the pastor. You have a direct connection with the Holy Ghost. That you have a direct connection. If my whole job, if my whole job is all I do is teach you to need me, then I failed completely as a pastor. If my whole job is to teach you to need gatherings or at this church, then we failed. My job as a parent is to teach my children how to hear from the Holy Ghost. That they would learn how to hear what He's saying. Because Daddy's not going to always be there. Mama's not always there. But guess what? Our God is always there. He's always there. And He's always there to be relied on. And He's always there. I love what Pastor Vlad says out of Washington. He said, Jesus, while He was on earth, it would be hard to get a one-on-one with Him. But I can tell you right now, He said, the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. It's an unlimited connection to the Father that we have, that you have, that everyone has. And you can tap in. Somebody say, tap in. So I just want to share what I believe the Lord's going to do in this house. I believe if we start to set our attention towards prodigals in our families, do you understand if one person, one of your friends, one of your unchurched family comes to this church, our attendance doubles. 
Just one. I know it's not about attendance. But if we start to think outside of ourselves, how does God actually want to grow the church? Because here's the other way the church can grow. Let's just be honest. From other churches. I'm going to tell you how many times I've prayed for people from other churches that come here. Zero. Let me tell you how many times I've invited people from other churches. Zero. Nobody in this room can say I've invited you to this church if I knew you had a church. No one. Isn't that awesome? Because it's not about, hey, we got a really good cheeseburger over here. You should come try us out. <laughs> well, you've been to Dairy Queen? Well, you ain't been to the Dipper yet, son. Come on over. Check out our menu. No. If the Holy Ghost is leading you here, we welcome you with open arms. If you're mad at your pastor about something, you should probably go back and at least make it right. Oh, yeah. If you're mad at him, at least go talk to him. The Bible says to go talk about it. That's what it says. And maybe the Lord is still leading you to go. That's between you and the Lord, but at least make it right. You know what most people do, though? Whew. Oh, man, the pastor's made me mad. Back door. Oh, COVID-19? Back door. Oh, that's an easy way to leave. It's because the church is not actually healthy. And believers who think they're healthy, I'm going to tell you right now, no actual healthy, mature believer ever does something like that. You see what I'm saying? So we have to be, I love taking an honest assessment of my life and of our church. It's really good. Because you know what I find? Mercy. Every time I take an honest assessment of how I can be a better father, you know what I find? Mercy. Grace. I got real convicted yesterday. I was on my phone. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, every time Elena, my little baby, every time she's trying to get your attention, you put your phone down no matter what. Period. And ever since then, I've been, she's been always trying to get right from my bed. She came handing me stuff yesterday. And every time, I put it down. And the Holy Spirit was there teaching. Put it down. When your kids need you, put it down. Did you hear me? It's because I don't want to stay where I'm at. I want to move forward. I want to go forward. Somebody say, I want to go forward. I want my kids to see. I'm going to tell you, parents, it doesn't matter what you've done. Grandparents, it doesn't matter what you've done. Your kids and grandkids will notice when you start to go forward. Well, you weren't there and you didn't do this. That's fine. But listen, wouldn't you love to end your life saying, look at all the growth that Grandpa walked in. He started to excel in his life. He started to be so humble. He started to be so kind. He was never kind to us. And he started to be so kind to us. Isn't that amazing? That God can change anyone in a moment and he just wants our yes. What does this have to do with revival, Pastor? Everything. Because I don't want to move. I don't want something that moves and moves. I want something that moves and stays. And rests on us. And I got hit hard this past week with this uh, pastor. She said, she said, really, if you think about it biblically, people who aren't actually meeting together with people in smaller groups and actually caring for one another and praying for one another, she said, actually, they're not really doing church. I was like, oof. We had two, oh, golly, we had two people in our house this past week. This is what we do. It's what we've always done. Right? Breaking bread with one another. Sharing meals. Helping one another. 
That hit me hard. She said, if you're actually not doing it in a smaller setting, and I'm not saying you have to go to a small group. I'm saying you do need a small group of people that you're actually in community with. Well, pastor, do I have to go Wednesday night? No, you don't. But you, need, you at least need to have at least one family who you're doing life with and you're using your gifts with. You need to have at least two families that you're calling. You need to have someone in your life that you're accountable to, that you're asking to pray for you. You need to have someone in your life that knows when you're sick besides the pastor. I love what's going on in our groups right now because there's so much connection and love and prayer about things, some stuff I don't even know about, and that's great. I love, some people say, well, I was at the hospital, and pastor, you never came. I say, well, didn't three other people from the church come? Well, yeah. Well, my goodness. Doesn't that make you feel a lot better that the people in the church, people part of your family actually came to see you, not just the pastor? I love that song. You, uh, you're, you're melting old mindsets like the sun against the snow. And that's what the Lord is trying to do. He's trying to get us to change the way we think about what church is. I'll be honest with you. Everything I've said is in the Bible today. You can go back and watch it on YouTube and search it out. And if we get in the Word of God, we'll begin to see these things for ourselves. The way we love, the way we do community, the way we share things with one another. This is what will actually grow the church and grow it well. So, I'll be starting a, a men's small group very soon. And I'll let you know. And I want every man. It might not be a very small group. You might have to split it up. And we have two other groups that I really want you to get into. On Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Our goal people want to say, what if we all show up? That's great. We'll learn how to split them. Somebody say multiply. That's the goal, right? I love a testimony of another church here in town that's doing very well at making disciples. I had a friend of mine that went there. He said, you know what we loved about being there on a Sunday morning? He said some random couple came up to us and invited us to their house, to their small group, on my first Sunday there. And they've been at that church ever since then. Because they found community. They found family. They found someone who actually notices that they're not at church that Sunday. Listen, I can't see very good. I don't, I don't know who's all here today or who's not here. But when you're in family and relationship, you know. And when someone has a baby, you know. Right? It's amazing. One of my favorite stories from some of our groups a couple years ago was we had a, a girl get baptized out of one of the groups and one of the elderly ladies in our church that's been here for years, she said, this is the first time I really felt like a shepherd was family. Right? And some people might get offended by this message, but I would, I would encourage you, like some of my leadership stuff encourages me, to take the parts that really hit you the hardest and the ones you want to argue with the most and actually give those the most attention. If your first thought was, man, I, that, that's not for me, this not for me, da, 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 those are the ones you actually need to pay the most attention to. The ones you try to defend the most, right? Come on, somebody say that's a good word. That was Craig Rochelle, by the way. It wasn't me. He's got a lot more wisdom. But I want to learn from him, amen? So this house will be a house of prodigals. We'll see it happen, I'm telling you. We're already seeing it happen. Some of your own family members, your own kids, your own grandkids are here that weren't here last year. Amen? Somebody say more, Lord. More. More, more, and more. More, more, and more. Can we stand to our feet?
Good old Palm Sunday message here at Good Shepherd Church. <laughs> Isn't it awesome how the Holy Ghost can just take over? You don't have to do what everybody else is doing. I actually really enjoy that. It takes off a lot of pressure. I messed with my mom next week. I told her, I said, I'm not going to continue preaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not preaching about the resurrection. She said, Michael, no. I'm just kidding. I will be preaching about Easter Sunday next week. Hey, you know what? Unless the Holy Ghost decides to show up and take us in a different direction. Can somebody say amen? My goodness. Thank you, sir. Let's just close our eyes. Everybody. Thank you, Jesus. As Latricia said, if you're not in, you need to get in. Come on, somebody. If you're not in, you need to step in this morning. It's not a step of shame. It's not a step of guilt. It's not a step of condemnation. It's a step of mercy. It's a step of grace. It's a step of glory. It's a step of growth. It's a step of maturity. It says, Lord, I'm all in for whatever you want in my life, whatever you desire to change in me, no matter what it is, I'm all in. Whatever you want to change in my marriage, with my family, whatever it is, Lord, I'm all in. I receive it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, I just want to pray for our men right now. I just hear the Lord saying, mighty men of valor, mighty men of God, mighty men of God you are not weak you are not less than you are not your mistakes you are not what your dad might have said to you but the Lord says over you this morning behold my son whom I am well pleased before you could do anything right before Jesus could do anything for him not after he went to the cross not after he, he did all of the miracles but before any of that he said this is my son and I'm pleased we bless our men in this house right now. Father, we just pray that you would break off old mindsets and chains of words, word curses that were spoke over these men. That said, you aren't going to amount to anything. You're just stupid. You're dumb. You're not a good husband. You're not a good father. God, we break that this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And we say they are sons of the living God, full of the Holy Spirit and power. And they're going from glory to glory. The idea that, well, I didn't have a dad to teach me. We break that this morning. We have the best father to teach us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we break the lies of, well, it's all I know. It's all I've ever been. We break that lie this morning. We don't partner with that nonsense. And we say, like Jesus said, the things that I say and do, I only see and say what I hear the father do and say. Father, we decide this morning not to make any more excuses for our situations. We decide to be like Jesus this morning and full of Him, as the Bible says, that it's no longer these men who live, but it's Christ who is within them. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the work you're doing in this house. We thank you for your Spirit, your Holy Spirit that is present right now, that is heavy in this room, God. For those who are open and yielding to you, Father, they feel your presence right now, Jesus. Father, I lift up our women right now in this house, from old to young, Lord, to middle-aged, God, and I just thank you 
for a brand new identities this morning of being daughters of the Most High King. Stepping from glory to glory, Jesus. Learning to become disciples. Learning how to pick up their Bibles. Learning how to uh, be a, a good wife and a good mom. To be a hard worker in their jobs for those who work. And learning how to be mighty women of God like Deborah in the Bible. That the women are not supposed to take the back seat in the church. That there would be mighty, prophetic women in this house like there already is. Ones that love their husbands. Keep no record of wrong, I hear the Lord saying. Love keeps no record of wrong. Brand new slates for our marriages this morning. For our husbands, our wives. Father, we pray for supernatural grace on our moms towards the children. That they are just little disciples. Encourage these women to know that you're pleased, that you love them, that you have everything they need to be successful as a mom. Father, we just thank you that what you're doing in this house, Lord, you're changing hearts, Lord. Changing hearts, Lord. Help us to be excited about you and what you've done on the cross. And as we come this next Easter Sunday, Lord, we come with excitement. Every Easter, everyone comes with expectation. But Lord, let us not leave it next Sunday. Let it carry it with us the rest of the year and for the rest of our lives. Let us learn how to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and the cross, Lord, every morning. And let us learn how to say thank you. Thank you, Hosanna. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christos. Jesus, we love you. thank you over this next year that you've given us divine direction and strategies for hosting the presence of you, O oh God. Wow. I just want to stay in this moment for just a moment. You can keep your eyes closed. Just let the Lord speak to your heart this morning. You can hear the voice of the Lord. You can hear His voice. He might just be telling you that he loves you. More, Lord. More revelation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. saying that the moon
move that he wants to bring, that the move of God, we say this all the time, there's a move of God coming. I thought the Lord said he wants to move the lost to be found. He wants to move the dead to be alive. And he wants to move the immature believer, the, te- the technos of God, the babies in Christ to become spiritually mature, to become the weos of God, the mature sons and daughters. That's the move that he wants to bring. He wants to bring the lost and he wants to disciple the found. Jesus. Whoa. Ooh, if you're offended this morning, I encourage you to let that offense leave you right now. the Lord is just so sweet in this place there's such a peace in this house God I pray that you would give divine strategies Lord that you you have called many people in this room to be ministers of the gospel there are people in this room who will walk in the five fold ministry in this house God that are pastors, apostles, prophet, teacher, evangelist Lord God, that you would awaken maturity in your people, Father. That you would awaken maturity in the lives of your people, Father. That they would walk in their destinies, Jesus, completely and fully. Thank you, Lord. Could our prayer team come? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, I love you. But not as much as the Lord does. I'm working on it. Thank you, Lord. Mm, Come on. Can we just put our hands together this morning for Jesus? Let's just celebrate. Come on. Didn't our worship team do such an awesome job this morning? Come on. Give it up for Nate and our team. Man. Can we just lift our hands towards Nate right now? Let's just single him out. Father, we just bless this man of God. And Lord, we just thank you for more. I'm going to put you on the spot, buddy. We just thank you for more. We thank you for the more that he's walking in. And Father, we just say more, Jesus. More of your anointing. More wisdom from heaven. The Bible says if you lack, just ask. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Lord, I pray for divine direction for his life. For his business, God. For his family, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. That you have this awesome things planned for his life, God. And this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning, Lord. Father, we bless his family. We bless their baby. We bless Jace and his wife, Lord. And we just pray for increase, financial increase, God. We pray for the jobs to open up, Lord. And Father, we just pray that you would just do things that no man could do. That you would open doors that no man could shut, God. And you would shut doors that no man could open. And we just call it in, Lord. I just hear the Lord saying, peace. Peace like a river. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. We bless him. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My goodness. Anybody else want prayer? Raise your hand. All right, good. Come down for prayer to the altar. Do you stand? Jesus, we love you. Listen, if you're here 
and you need to give your life to Jesus Christ and you can say, listen, I'm not even born again. I haven't even given my life to Jesus. I, haven't, I, don't, I have not obtained salvation. I need to repent of my sins and I need to be born again. I need to become a son. If you're here, before you leave, I encourage you to make a bold, courageous step and say, listen, I need to come and I want to pray with one of our people. We have some amazing people up here that will pray with you and help you understand the gospel and you can give your life to Jesus and everything changes today. Can somebody say amen? If you need healing in your body, the Lord, we believe, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord will heal you this morning. We will pray a prayer of faith, and we believe God will touch your body. Can somebody say amen? We believe all these things. If you need prayer for anything at all before you leave, or you just want to come to the altars, you're welcome to come. Small group is Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Another one in the foyer here at the church. Or excuse me, 7 p.m. is at this amazing couple's house. You can ask them and talk to them about it. They'd love to tell you. Or Wednesday night in the foyer of the church. You can't miss that one at 6.30. I encourage you to come. Bless you guys. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We bless your people. Help us to take our next steps, God, no matter what it is, to be all in for you, God. Change our hearts. Move on our hearts. Help us take worship in our cars, in our homes, and in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, bless your people. Make your face to shine upon them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Bless you guys. Have an awesome week. We will be having... Uh...